Welcome to the pulse that moves the triangle world today. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, helpful tips, what's trending, events, and boundless other adventures. It's a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Inspreffer. Hi, friends. Today, we're talking census. Now, don't change that dial or hang up that phone, so to speak. I know, I know you're thinking census schmensis. We've heard it all before. But I promise you, you have not heard everything. And don't worry, we will have fun with a trivia game and a true or false. And if you're still not intrigued, well, we will answer that age-old question, what's in it for me? There's a lot in it for all of us. And here to tell us all about it is Vicki Adamson, Wake County Commissioner for District 7 and the chair of the Wake County Complete Count Committee for the 2020 U.S. Census. Vicki, along with about 100 committee members, has been working on the 2020 Census Project since last March. Vicki will share some surprising information on the 2020 Census. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you. It's good to be here today. Well, we're glad to have you, and I thought we'd kick this thing off with a trivia game. Listeners, think you know all there is to know about the 2020 census? Well, check yourselves. Here we go. Trivia question number one. When and by whom was the first census established? It was established in 1790 by Thomas Jefferson when he was Attorney General for George Washington. And at the time, they sealed the census data for 72 years, and it's still sealed for that amount of time now. So when you're, so your information is sealed and confidential for 72 years. And at the time, that was the average lifespan of a human. So they assumed it would not be unsealed in your lifetime. So that's an interesting way to pick 72 years. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, this next question, and and just give our folks, I mean, I'm just going to wait like maybe two seconds for them to to mull these questions over before I come back to you. Trivia question number two. What entity mandates that everyone in the country be counted every 10 years? The U.S. Constitution, because Thomas Jefferson and George Washington wrote in the Constitution there was to be a count of all citizens every 10 years. And their purpose was to make sure that the, that it was a government of the people. It was, it was to empower the people and not the government. Trivia question number three, and I'll, I'll give you a count. One, two, three seconds, and then we'll go to Vicki. So here we okay. go. When you fill out the census form, everybody, who should you count? Tell them, Vicki. We should um, include everybody in your household. That includes children, young children, infants. If you have a parent that lives with you, if you have 
live in domestic health, if you have a nanny, anybody who physically resides in your household is all counted on the same form. Now, that's one I think a lot of people may not realize that you would include all those. I think a lot of people think it's maybe the husband or just the husband and wife and kids and that kind of thing. So it's interesting. So so when you say even include like the nanny, then that means they're live in so they won't be getting their own census sent to their home. That's correct. It's um it's based on who physically lives in your household. Not who's related to each other, but who resides. So it's one census form per household. So if you're a college student and four people share a house, each of you would fill you would fill out one form for the entire household. Good to know. All right, let's go to trivia question number four. Which is better for the census? A self response are going through a door-to-door census taker who may complete the form more accurately. Now, I'm tricking you here, so think. Okay, Vicki. It's still better to do a self-response. That way you don't have to have somebody come into your door, and it's much less expensive to do the census if if we can get a much higher self-response rate. So now let's say you just prefer to do a door-to-door census taker, you know, for whatever reason. And there's a lot of reasons people may want someone to come to their home. Can you tell us how that works? And then also uh, a little bit about their COVID-19 precautions being taken. Sure. All workers have been trained in social distancing and safety procedures. And all workers also will have PPE on. They'll have masks, hand sanitizer. And when a census worker comes to your door, they will typically have the census shirt on and the carrier bag that has the census logo, but all census workers have a badge that has their photo on it and is embossed with the census logo. So that's how you know they're a real census taker, and they will never ask for financial information. They'll never ask for bank accounts, credit cards, social security numbers. So what is the makeup of those employees? We try to have them to be the same as the neighborhood. So if the neighborhood is predominantly Spanish-speaking, we will have Spanish-speaking workers in that neighborhood. It just makes it easier. And if you do get a census worker to your door and you're not able to communicate with them, they can send somebody to your door that speaks your language. So do you have to reach out and, like, call someone to have the census taker come, or will they just automatically show up? If you have not self-responded, they will automatically show up. You don't have to do anything. Okay. All right, back to our game. Trivia question number five. So people out there, what do you think about this one? What percentage of U.S. residents has responded to the census as of July? Give us the answer, Vicki. Yeah, that's um, 71.6%, and that's not very good. We we had hoped to nationally at least have over 80% 
which is what happened in 2010. Okay, trivia question number six. How much federal funding is allocated for every person? We estimate it's about $1,600 per person, and that's man, woman, and child. Of the federal tax dollars that come in to North Carolina based on the census. So if we have a 10% undercount in Wake County, that gets to be a lot of money really fast. Yeah, you sure can see how that adds up. The other the other way to maybe think about this to motivate you is, again, what's in it for me, it's think about like if your fun Uncle Sam came to you and said, here's a check for $1,600 for you, and your wife, and this kid, and that kid, you know, you'd stand there with your hand open. So the census is a way to stand there with your hand open, because that's money's coming directly to us. And, and Vicki's going to tell us in a little bit just exactly where it goes. Um, but, um, you know, how did, how did everybody score out there? I hope you got close to 100%, because that's what the committee is hoping, to have 100% participation. So now I'm going to ask Vicki to just talk in general terms about the importance before we go to our true and false segment. So give us a brief overview of the 2020 census. Well, like we have uh, stated before, it only happens once every 10 years, and it's just critically important that we get a good count of all the citizens. And if you want to avoid the knock, it's not too late to go ahead and self-report, which is online this time for the first time in history. Or you can, um, there's an 800 number you can call and go ahead and self-report. So we're talking about $675 billion in federal funds, grants, and support to states, counties, and communities, all based on this census data. Here's that again, what's in it for me. Where will all those money go, and how will they be spent? Well, the, the federal funding is distributed to states and communities, and one of the things that we really benefit from is FEMA money. The FEMA money is distributed based on census data, but the funds go to emergency services, schools, hospitals, roads, public works, and other vital programs. So that sounds like it would cover just about everything anybody out there would be interested in, you know, our, our bumpy roads, our potholes, or, That's right. you know, and you mentioned schools too, didn't you? Yes, and it also um, determines how fast an ambulance will show up at your door because we get federal funding to help us support our EMS services. Ooh, wow, that's a biggie. So I know you usually utilize things like festivals, block parties, speaker engagements, and other sources to get the word out about the census. But this year, it's a little different face given the COVID-19 restrictions. Yes, it is. We we started going to festivals and events in March of 2019. And then once COVID shut everything down in March of this year, we completely changed our focus. We've done a lot more online advertising. We've taken out ads in local newspapers. 
We've done some TV ads. We've also done some more direct mailing to individuals, asking them to fill out their census data. We have, um, gosh, we've, we've even done parades through neighborhoods. We did the census car parade. We've done sidewalk drawings. So we've tried to get really creative to let people know about the census. But the best way is for a neighbor to let a neighbor know. Just when you're talking to your friends, your siblings, just make sure that they have completed their census data. So that is so important because last time the census was done, Wake County around this time had a 79% response rate. But this time around, we only stand at 69%. So it's very important, like you're saying, talking to neighbors, et cetera. What are some of the other challenges the committee has been dealing with this year? I think a lot of fear. People are afraid what we're going to do with the data. And initially, there was concern that there would be a citizenship question on there. Because the Constitution says that everybody who resides on American soil is to be counted, not just citizens. And there is no citizenship question on the form. They will not ask you, are you a U.S. citizen or not? So tell us how businesses use the census data. They use the census data a lot. And as we talked about before, they don't get individual household data. They get aggregate data based on census tracts. And census tracts are kind of like zip codes to the Census Bureau. And they use it to decide where to build factories, offices, stores, grocery stores, and where they want to create jobs. Now, what about local governments? What do they glean from the report? We we, we use it to decide where we're going to build health care facilities based on the age of the citizens. We we look at where we're going to build schools. We look at where we put all our social services and where we put our emergency response. So it sounds like there's there's something here for real estate developers, too, through this data. Absolutely. A lot of private businesses, real estate developers, home builders, use this data to look at where they need to either build new homes, help revitalize old neighborhoods, yeah, every I think just about everybody uses census data. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's play again. Let's see okay. how you do in our true or false segment, everybody out there. So listeners, get ready. I'll ask the question, then I'll sp- pause a few minutes for you to think of if it's true or false, and then Vicki will give us the lowdown. So here we go. First, true or false. Census numbers could possibly result in greater representation in Congress. True. Census data is used for for elected official districting. So in North Carolina, we can actually pick up an additional congressional seat. We also use the data to redraw district maps. So in 2021, we'll use the census data to redraw all our elected officials' district maps. And that's everybody from school board to county commissioner to state legislator to to all the national level offices. 
true or false. The census information you provide will be used for other purposes such as advertising. That's true. A lot of um, companies look at census tracts to decide if those are the demographic of folks that would use their products or not. True or false. It's no big deal if we don't get the numbers in because we can always change them shortly down the road. That's false. Once they're set, they're set for 10 years. They will not, once they're sealed and put on the president's desk, they will not be reopened until 2030. True or false. You should not fill out the census because it will result in tax increases. That's false. The $675 billion in federal funds and grants are going to be distributed. And the states, counties, and cities with the largest population is going to get it. So by having an accurate count and a good count, we bring those federal dollars back to Lake County, which saves in local dollars that we have to raise to provide essential services. True or false, completing the census is voluntary. You don't really have to do it. That's false. It's mandatory because it's in the Constitution. And if you want to avoid the knock, it's still not too late to go online to 2020census.gov or you can call the 800 number, which is 844-330-2020 and complete your information. And when I completed my census information from signing on to my computer to completion was less than four and a half minutes. It doesn't take long at all. And you also have a great customer service line there, too, that um, is pretty efficient and quick. It is. It is. Over the census period, I have called the the number several times just to see if they gave me the correct information and how long it took. And I was never on hold more than a few minutes to get in. And the number is open seven days a week. So if it's more convenient for you to call on a weekend in the evening, early in the morning, it's available. Would you please give that website and phone number one more time? Sure. The website is 2020census.gov, and the phone number is 844-330-2020. Okay, now I want to remind everybody, the clock is ticking. We only have to the end of September, so please get on this right away. It's your civic obligation to do this. I hope you have all enjoyed the entertaining way we've learned about the 2020 U.S. Census. And for more census fun, you can check out the Town of Morrisville's YouTube Census Parody. Thank you so much, Vicki, for being here. Thank you for having me to talk about my favorite topic, which is the census. Time for our nonprofit spotlight. Dress for Success Triangle, North Carolina is an affiliate of Dress for Success Worldwide. And why I wanted to feature them in this show is because there's another deadline coming up, just, just like the census. They're actually going to have a donation collection, so I want to get the word out about this in a timely fashion. 
Dress for Success Triangle North Carolina's mission, according to their website, is to empower women to achieve economic independence by providing a network of support, professional attire, and development tools to help women thrive in work and life. In addition to offering professional clothing, Dress for Success of the Triangle offers job coaching, job acquisition help, career development, veteran services, and connects with referral partners. I did not realize they did all that. It's amazing. A lot of people think it's just like about the clothes, but oh my goodness, career development, acquisition help, it's it's great. So this donation coming up, their donation centers will be open on Wednesday, September 23rd from 10 to 4, and Saturday, September 26th from 10 till 3. Now, they do have some COVID-19 restrictions in place. In order to keep volunteers and staff safe, donations will only be accepted as follows. Donations must be in a sealed cardboard box or plastic container with a lid. This allows them to disinfect the container and quarantine clothing for a set amount of time before safely distributing it. When you get those boxes, be sure to include your name, mailing address, email, and telephone number, along with a list of what you've donated on a piece of paper inside the box. This will allow them to send you a receipt for your donation. Please note that due to the quarantine time frame for items, your receipt may take a week or two to arrive. Please note that this is a special collection. They will not resume normal donation center days and hours until further notice. So what should you donate? Clothing must be professionally cleaned and free of stains, tears, rips, holes, and broken zippers. Items should be no more than five years old for fashion appropriateness. Their most urgent needs currently include plus-size work attire, sizes 18 through 22, shoes, size 10 and up, and interview-appropriate handbags and briefcases. Now, people, this is coming up shortly, like I said, so I'm trying to give you plenty of notice here to go through those closets and find what you think might just be addressed to you, but is an opportunity to others. Please be sure to go to their website for detailed information. It's very important you go there or call them because I want to make sure you're donating the correct things and address all the COVID precautions. Their website is DFS Triangle. NC.org. D like dress, F like four, S as in success, triangle, NC.org. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. Check us out on Pandora, 
iTunes, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply go to our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be a good citizen.